Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Wide Men Can't Score on the Wide Men Network, brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com, WowFreeCam.com, and Facebook.com slash MakeupKennedy. Here on the Wide Men Network, check out all the great features at BlogTalkRadio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. Now here's your host, from north of the border, Tim Dombrova. afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Wide Medcat Score. This is Tim coming to you from the Great White North. As always, it's been a little while. Christmas kind of got in the way, then New Year's got in the way, then I got in the way, but we're back. Let's get right to it. The NHL has been a busy, busy place. But today we're going to concentrate on some of the, well, more on the team side of things as opposed to results. Uh, we're about halfway through the season now. Pretty much got the pretenders and contenders figured out. So let's have a look at some teams that are making splashes for all the wrong reasons. And we're going to start out first, and I hate to do it to my good friends in Pennsylvania, but the Philadelphia Flyers. Whoa, what a mess. 15-22-6 on a year for a lousy 36 points. As of last night, tied the record for using the seventh goalie of the season. Seventh, people. We're only halfway through the season. You put in seven guys in between the pipes. None of which has helped. Even Carter Hart, who statistically has been the best of the bunch. But still, um, you know, no help. Uh, The... Flyers are 25th in goals scored, uh, 30th in goals against, 28th on the penalty kill, 29th on the power play. Giving up shots like nobody's business. It's time to blow this team up, people. Time to just nuke this thing. Start again. Take your assets. And I'm talking about all of them. I don't care who it is. I don't see anybody on this team that's so spectacular that they can't be traded, especially if the trade's a good one. Uh, Claude Giroux, got to go. Couturier, got to go. Simmons, well, is going to be gone anyway. Might as well trade him and get something. Um, Maybe you don't trade uh, Konechny and uh, Gatsbeher, maybe. Uh, James Van Der Riemsdyk, they got to find a place to bury him. 14 points for the amount of money he's getting paid. My God. 
It's obscene. Uh, he's been injured, but he's always injured, so that's not like somebody didn't know that. Um, I don't know how else you get out of the salary cap hell that they're in. They got way too much money tied up in guys that bring nothing. Uh, you know, paying, paying James Van Zriendijk another $7 million until uh, 2022-23 season. Um, yeah, they might as well blow it up because they've got uh, Matera as a UFA, Simmons is a UFA and probably won't be back. Michael Raffle, Jordan Wheel, Scott Lawton, Travis Konechny, Philip Verone. They got all kinds of guys that are going to be RFAs, UFAs. Um, Paul Verov on defense, Travis Sandheim, Christian Folden, so there's three more, and absolutely nothing in the net. They've got to go out and find a reliable starting goalie. Not a Stanley Cup winning goalie, a reliable starting goalie. So they can put him in for 30, 40, 50 games, let Carter Hart see the net a little bit, but not expect him to turn the franchise into a Stanley Cup winner overnight and rebuild. Flyers, your franchise is a total disgrace, a total mess. I don't know. Good luck with whoever is stuck trying to fix that. That is all I have to say about the Philadelphia Flyers at this moment. Uh, moving on. I mean, we could beat the Ottawa Senators up, but we all know the problem there is the owner. And God only knows what's going to happen in Ottawa. Um, they're bad now. I mean, they're the worst team in the league as of this morning. Um Nothing to look forward to in Ottawa except darkness. So we're just going to leave that alone. St. Louis Blues, Chicago Blackhawks. 38 points for St. Louis, 39 for Chicago. Might as well throw Arizona in there too with 39. Although at least the Coyotes are on a rebuild where I'm not really sure what the Chicago Blackhawks and or the St. Louis Blues are up to. Uh, seems to be a re- reoccurring theme, though. Uh, no goaltending. And it doesn't really matter what else you got. Um, the Blackhawks, you know, 16th in goals, four. So middle of the pack. 29th in goals against. 30th in the penalty kill and no love from the power play in 24th. Too good a team on paper to be that bad on paper. And yet here we are. Uh, but as I said, uh, no goaltending until the last few games. Uh, Colin Delia, I believe it is, has uh, went 3-1-1 and one and one in his first five. But we all know that's not going to hold. Um, are the Chicago Blackhawks just too old? Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, the two best players they have, who get most of the situational work. I mean, Kane's got 56 points. Can't really argue with that. I suppose Taves has got 39. Can't really argue with that either. But not getting it done. 
Alex DeBrincat looks pretty good. And after that, not a lot going on on that team. Uh, as 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 an evidence, as we'll look at another team here shortly, um, you have got to be able to bring it from more than one spot in the NHL. If you can't, your chances for success are not very good. Uh, the, the, the good teams are way too balanced. Every once in a while, a team with one or two really good players may beat a Tampa Bay or a Washington or a Calgary or a Toronto. Uh, but normally, that's not going to play out because the, the two good guys and the two good guys, the, the top lines cancel out the second and third lines of the better team smash the lesser team. Um, as we see in evidence in St. Louis as well, where, um, again, uh, goaltending a little bit better, 22nd overall. But when your two regular goalies can't hit a, you know, their goals against is above three, save a percentage below 900, um, you're not going to win. And then to just mash it up even more, we're going to give you uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly's got 40 points. Uh, I mean, Vlad Tarasenko's got 24 points in 40 games. Now, on the surface, you know, that's what, half a point a game, which isn't that bad. But when you're getting paid, and it all, you know, and there again, it all comes back to the good old salary cap. When you're getting paid that kind of money, you've got to deliver or else you are a detriment. You know, Tarasenko is the highest paid highest paid player on the team along with Ryan O'Reilly $7.5 million which really I guess is comparatively speaking is not that bad but it is when he's only putting up 24 points uh, you know David Perron is making half that money and doing that well statistically um, St. Louis has seen a horde of injuries too, but um, so was everybody. So that's not really an excuse. Uh, that's another team where I, I don't know. They've always kind of been an underachiever in my book. So I'm, I, you know, they are what they are, I guess. Uh, I don't know what more to say about either of those two teams, except it's it'll be a short season. <clears throat> They'll both be. Uh, they will. Neither of those teams will see the playoffs. So in, in the West, we're going to have uh, L.A., St. Louis, Chicago, Arizona out of it for sure. Then we've got uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, and the Ducks, who uh, I thought the Oilers were bad until I watched them play the Ducks, and, uh, and I don't know. Um, the Canucks, young up-and-comers, uh, whether they can hold on to that spot or not, I'm not sure, but at least they're headed in the right direction at least. Uh, which lets us zero in on the Edmonton Oilers. Got to win the uh, franchise of dysfunction for yet another year. Um, They're the only team in the league that can boast the player they have. Uh, and then they've got Drysaitel, who is a, who I don't like, but is is a good enough hockey player. 
statistically anyway, he brings uh, he brings what he brings. Uh, when you look hard at the Edmonton Oilers, you know the first thing you look at is okay if McDavid doesn't score, you know however many goals, whatever it takes to beat the other team, they don't win. Uh, that's somewhat true. Uh, Connor is a great player with the puck. He has still not learned how to play without it, as is evidenced by the fact that he has got 63 points and is only plus four. And you say, well, Tim, that's plus four. That's not that bad. Well, no, certainly it could be worse. But when one looks at the other players around him in the mess, minus Patrick Kane, who plays on a much worse team, uh, Kucherov is plus 12, Rantanen's plus 16, Johnny Gaudreau's plus 20, Braden Point's plus 18, Mitch Marner is plus 16, uh, Sidney Crosby's plus 21. These guys have also learned how to play in the other end. Uh, Elias Lindholm from Calgary, he's got 50 points. He's plus 27. Like, these are guys that you can put out on the ice, and they're not going to burn you. Uh, last night, for instance, uh, Edmonton gets clobbered by uh, San Jose 7-2. to two. Uh, Now, you may look at that and go, well, sure, Tim, but a couple of the goals were deflected, and one hit a skate. And I say, all right, fair enough. Well, we'll take the one that hit the skate was a calculated play, so I, I, I count that as a good goal. So I'll take away the two deflections. So it's five to two. Same result, ladies and gentlemen. Um, go to the box score for that game and have a look. Uh, right from the get-go. You know, the first thing that pops out at me is that Edmonton managed to hold 22 shots on net. Uh, San Jose got uh, 36. Uh, Oilers goaltending. Talbot lets in 4 of 17. Koskinen lets in 3 of 19. So regardless of circumstance, that's not good. Then when you start to look at their their lineup, you've got Brodziak minus two, Chase on who had a goal but was still minus two, Drysaitel minus three. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Kevin Gravel actually played not bad. He was a plus one in 15 minutes. Caleb Jones was had a god-awful night again, minus three, but then he's playing 25 minutes, which he shouldn't be playing. It's too much for that guy. Cassie in the minus one, as per usual. Kahara, Jujar Kahara, minus one, as usual. Adam Larson, that guy they traded for Taylor Hall, minus three. Milan Lucic, plus one, because he finally scored a goal. Now he's he's whittled it down to three million dollars a goal. Guy should be in the press box. I'm not kidding. Uh, Connor McDavid, who has an assist, that does not look like greatest player of the year in the universe to me. 
And a minus three, people. Not good. The Nuge puts up a plus one. In fact, Connor McDavid had the worst plus minus of everybody on the team. Him and Dreisaitl. Uh, these guys have got too much. There's just too much dead wood, and I don't know what to do about it. How do you move that many guys? Ryan Spooner. Nah. Uh, Chris Russell at least plays with some heart. Uh, Toby Reeder. Gone. Ty Raddy, Gone. Paul Jarvie. How many chances does this guy get? Gone. Petrovic. Uh, didn't play too bad, but only played five minutes because he got hurt. Uh, Jerry's out on him. Darnell's Nurse I'll keep. Hopkins I'll keep. McDavid I'll keep because I have to. Lucic is gone. Uh, Larson in a better situation. Probably a better player. Uh, Juju Kahara there. Or Ju- Sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. Um, yeah, maybe. Cassian can go. Jones working process. Pros- progress. Gravel working progress. Dry sidle you keep. Chase on maybe I keep. And Kyle Brods, yeah, can be gone. Both my goaltenders can be gone, although I don't know who the hell you get to replace them. Uh, how in the hell? I said, you know, how how do you fix that? Well, the first step is the owner has got to keep his nose out of the team. And by that, I mean he has to get sit down, I don't know who with, and you have to pick a president of hockey operations or whatever you want to call him. And you got to let him do his thing. Now, in Edmonton, of course, that also means you get to listen to a bunch of ex-Oilers throw in their nickel. Uh, I don't know if it's face-to-face, but they have the owners, they have ownership's ear, uh, a la Wayne Gretzky. Um, McTavish, Lowe, these kinds of guys. Uh that can't be. That, that's got to get out of there, and those guys have got to go. Um, if you want the alumni around the team, that's cool. Then you have some kind of alumni association, and they do their thing. But they don't get to have a, 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 a snippet into the day-to-day operations of the, of the team because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Even the great one couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, you know, bringing in, oh, we're going to have Paul Coffey's going to come in and look at our defenseman. And tell us none of them can skate or pass. Well, we already knew that. Uh, that whole mindset thing has got to go. And you have to, uh, Bob Nicholson. A uh, great guy for Hockey Canada. Not so much in the NHL, I'm afraid. Um, so you've got to get a president of hockey operations who understands the, the cap and all that stuff so we're not signing guys like Milan Lucic to six-year, $6 million contracts or paying our backup goalie $2.1 million, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, giving Leon Dreisaitl too much money too soon. He may be worth it later on, but he's not yet. Um, and all that sort of thing, uh, and get him to hire a general manager who understands that stuff as well, and that's not easy to find, granted, but Peter Chirelli, 
Oh, good Lord, the trades the Edmonton Oilers have made <laughs> would would kill a regular man if you saw them. Uh, some of the most ridiculous, lopsided, head-scratching, why-did-he-do-it kind of trades that drive a franchise wild. Uh, but too late to undo now. I'm stuck with it. So all that mess has to be undone, and you can't undo it in an afternoon. It just doesn't work that way. So anyway, you've got to get a general manager who who is going to build the team properly. Uh, I mean, we can look. I mean, there's a couple different ways to do that, but the owners have not figured out any of them yet. Uh, so you got to do that. Then you got to find a coach who can walk that line in between babying some of their younger players, but still being firm enough to get some results. Uh, part of me... And I know this this is going to meet with some skepticism, but it's how I'm starting to feel. I'm not sure that players on the Edmonton Oilers dislike Connor McDavid the person, but I think they may hold some dissatisfaction with the player in the sense that he gets all the praise when the owners do well and he rarely if ever gets any criticism when they don't um they've what their last three games uh, have been what 7-2 loss uh, 4 nothing win 4 nothing loss so that's uh, six more and 11 against in that time, and, and a one and two. Um, Connor has in those last three games, now granted this is only three games, but still I'm trying to make a point here. He has, uh, he had a goal in the 4 nothing win and an assist in the 7-2 loss and was skunked in the 4 nothing loss, and was a minus 2. Does that sound like... Like, that's not good. Um, Where is his accountability in there? He's supposed to be the the best player in the league. Uh, Best players in the league can manage more than uh, two points in three games. You have to if you're going to be. I mean, you can. I mean, you're allowed to have off nights. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not everything's going to go your way every evening. But that guy gets a zillion chances a night, or a lot of times anyway, and doesn't bury most of them. I'd like to know what his actual shooting percentage is, because I think a lot of nights it's not very good. And then he'll have a night where he where he fills them. Well, he doesn't really ever fill them that. He doesn't really get. Um, you know, the big ten seven point nights or five point nights. He doesn't do a lot of that. 
Um, you know, he's usually a steady one or two dribbler every night. I don't know. I just, I, I, and there you go. I'm not trying to blame Connor McDavid. I just think as another player on that team, he's the highest paid, paid player on the team, which he should be. But as I said, he doesn't get, at least in the press and all that, he is the, the darling. And I wonder if that doesn't bother the other guys. Like in the 4 nothing game against the Kings, they, they quit. They all quit. And yet uh, I saw in the, uh, I believe it's the Edmonton Journal, gives out player grades. He got like a 7 or an 8 or something. I was like, how in the fuck did that, you know? No. Come on. Throw him under the bus when he should be thrown under the bus. In fact, let's let's go look at the uh, let's go look at the see if I can pull up the player grades for last night's game. Um, and and I'll translate that into further because uh, when he got elbowed in the head against the Kings game, in the Kings game against L.A., uh, nobody did a thing. And I mean they were openly laughing about it on the bench. That's the L.A. was, and nobody seemed to care. And then against the Ducks, when he got rubbed out, uh, young guy there, the call-up, did a little something, and nobody else did, and it's kind of like, you know, dudes, he, you got to go stick up for him. Whether you hate him, love him, doesn't make any difference. you got to go do it. And when you don't, well, doesn't look very good, and you're a five hundred sub five hundred hockey team like they are. Um, boy, we've got uh, we have got the crying going on in Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers star endures flagrant fouls. Ugh. Dudes, every superstar gets body checked. Every superstar gets, it's the way it goes. Ridiculous. And then they want, I can't believe that they they want to start a YouTube channel to uh, to uh, chronicle the stuff like the league doesn't know or something. Good Lord. That's just a joke. Oiler fans, quit drinking a Kool-Aid. Yeah, your guy got hit once or twice. You don't think Sidney Crosby doesn't get hit during games? Or that Patrick Kane doesn't get his ass checked off in games? <sighs> Give me a break. Uh, sour apples, Oilers. Sour apples. You guys are better than that. Sour grapes, whatever that is. Nonsense. Ugh, yeah, but to the Oilers. Now I almost want to change what I just said. The Oilers are a bunch of crybabies. Whiners. That's, that attitude will get you nowhere. Although I don't hear Connor complaining about it. Or at least I haven't seen anything where he's actually come out and said. Uh, I'm glad I'm not an Edmonton fan. Take a look uh, look down the province and check out the Calgary Flames, Edmonton. See what they're doing. You don't hear anything about that team except, oh, geez, they managed to win again. Oh, Flames come back and win yet another game. It's called Heart. Get some. Wow. You know, part of the problem there is that players are all pussies. 
I don't know, but I mean, all, all I know is that I heard at the beginning of this year Edmonton was going to make the playoffs, and Calgary would be lucky to not be dead last. And I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Flames have got 58 points and they're in first place in the West, whereas Edmonton has got 43 and is in 11th. You tell me. Giving up 138 goals. <laughs> Only team that's given up more is Chicago. They're god awful. 163. Jesus, that's. And then Ottawa, 172. Good God. In 43 games. That's four goals a game. No wonder they're dead last, because that'll do it every time. Well, it could be worse, people. Well, no, it couldn't be. Well, it could be worse, sure. You could be an Ottawa fan, uh, you could be a Flyer fan. The Kings are starting to get their act together, but they're just old. The Blues, I don't know what's going on there. Lots of troubles in St. Louis and Chicago. Arizona's in a rebuild. The Oilers, supposedly in a rebuild, but don't seem to want to rebuild with anything. Canucks in a rebuild, but doing good. Hanging in there, fighting for an eighth spot at least. Ducks, getting old. They're in ninth. And then you got Minnesota and Colorado's in a free fall. They could fall out of the playoffs. Uh, Dallas finally woke up after they got called out by their management. It's a weird game, hockey. A lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, But the pain and the suffering and the crying and the whining, it never stops. I wonder if the Philadelphia Flyers should maybe just put gritty in that. Try gritty between the pipes. Strap the pads on gritty and send them out there. Can't do any worse. Uh... Boy, uh, last thing I want to bitch about in this shortened edition of the show, the All-Star Game. Never could see the point of it to start with, except it was supposedly for fans to uh, get to see their all their superstars on one night. Uh, trouble being, you guys don't really want to go, a lot of them. Um, we've already got two superstars who already know they're not going to be well enough to play. It's something that doesn't happen for another two weeks. Uh, Ovechkin and Carey Price both dodging it. Um, of course, you get to pay that dreaded price of uh, you get to miss the game before or after. Um, I'll take the game after and uh, increase my holiday by another day or two, depending on the schedule. Thank you, NHL. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what the point of the All-Star game is. Like I said, I know what it used to be, but it doesn't really work anymore. There's too many good players, not enough positions. Everybody's pissed off because this guy got snubbed and this guy shouldn't be there and his and blah, 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 blah. It's just a big mess at the end of the day. None of it matters anyway. So do what you want, I suppose, but it seems kind of pointless. Uh that being said, let's look at the bright side of the league. Now, over in the east, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, who <laughs> have they're 12 points clear of everyone, 10 points clear of Calgary, 68 points, uh, score goals in buckets. We've got 180 goals, which is like 
pushing almost 30 more than anybody else. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, they got quite a team. The only thing they got to be worried about is burnout. That they don't keep pouring it on here and then lose it uh, when it matters. Uh, the Capitals looking nice and steady again in the East. The Leafs uh, a little bit of up and down lately. Saw the Bruins five wins in a row. Got like that. Um, Pittsburgh coming on strong. Uh, Columbus, eh, so-so. That's going to be the battle. It's going to be first seven and eight in the East. Um, I think the rest is almost, you know, barring somebody really taking a spill, is uh, pretty much done. Um, you got Buffalo, 52 points. Montreal at 51 in the wild card. But right behind them, you got the Islanders and Carolina. And then everybody else is there. You're already 10 points. Florida, Rangers, already 10 points behind. Devils, 12 points on Detroit. And the Flyers in Ottawa, you know, 15 points out of the wild card. If you're done, like I said, barring something really crazy happening. Um, in the West, we got... Uh, Winnipeg, Nashville, Dallas, Calgary, Vegas, San Jose, and then the wild card, Colorado, and Minnesota. Although that, this is a bit of a fight. A few teams still in it here. Uh, the Ducks are tied for that eighth spot, but uh, have played one more game, so if it was to happen today, they'd be out. Uh, Vancouver's a point behind. Edmonton is two behind. Then you've got Arizona and Chicago, who are six behind. Uh, then you got the Blues and the who are seven behind, and the Kings who are eight behind. Uh, none of this is settled yet, people. Even Edmonton, who has been woeful in the last two and eight in their last ten, still got a chance. Still could right the ship. Somebody could falter. Could still sneak in there. I highly doubt it, but you never know. So. I guess the boys will keep flailing and keep playing. And uh, you want to talk about uh, a fight. Don't get to hear a lot about fights these days in the NHL. Because there are not very many of them. But let me tell you. Last night in the Vegas game. Uh, Bryant Reeves threw down. And let me tell you, it was something else. Ryan Reeves and Adam McQuaid from the Rangers went at her. And it was a nice little tussle with some serious punches. And I I loved it. And it's what hockey is all about. Two guys going out there. Uh, Okay, we're going to have a disagreement. We're going to smack each other around and when we're done. That's it. Don't let stick to the head bullshit or any of the rest of that. Beautiful fight. Loved it. As Don Cherry said, it was a beauty. Beauty, eh? What a beauty. Um, and I picture him uh, if the Edmonton Oilers had Brian, Ryan Reeves on their team. And you, one of your guys smacked McDavid in the head with an elbow. And Ryan Reeves came off the bench and promptly throttled him how quick anybody would be to do it the next time. Not very, I'm guessing. 
But such is life in the you know, the PC world has snuck into sports. Fighting is not cool. It's mean and rugged and nasty, and we don't like it for the majority of the younger fans. But it has its place in the game, and it should stay there. And used uh, with a brain, uh, discipline is good and is helpful and will protect your players. So, with that, a quick note about the old Facebook page, Why Men Can't Jump, of which Why Men Can't Score is a subsidiary. We're uh, laying the, the picks out on there every day. As of this morning, as I let this load, uh, the uh, uh, we, we are uh, 300, or what, 656 games, 656 games into the season. We have predicted 380 wins so far. That is uh, plus 104. And uh, 60, yeah, 59%, I believe. Or maybe 58.7 or something like that. Just shy of 60% correct predictions. Which I think is pretty good. Uh, and we're picking every game. We're not just picking the ones that we're pretty sure about. Because I'm sure we could probably raise that way up there if we really wanted to. Uh, tonight we've got the Blackhawks, the Flames, and the uh, Ducks. Uh, only three games tonight. Quiet, quiet night. Um, but you can uh, want to be a member of the Wide Men Podcast Network. Just let us know, and we'll let you in, and you can uh, have your say about the craziness that goes on in there. Uh, of course, tonight at eight o'clock Eastern, Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, Nate Bush. Tom Robinson, uh, I know for sure Tom Moore is on tonight, because you all want more and more, and uh, I, yours truly makes an appearance, and uh, then we'll probably be back on Friday for some NFL picks after a god-awful week last week, where we all got one out of four, but with some interesting games and well worth the, the uh, watching, and uh, that about sums her up. So uh, enjoy your evening of a little less hockey because on Thursday the NHL is uh, all crazy like it has some ridiculous amount of games. Uh, I believe there's like 12 or something again. 12 games. Uh, some decent ones. Uh, Washington and Boston should be a getter. Islanders and Rangers is always good. Uh, the Oilers have got to get their act together against Florida. If they lose that one, they're in trouble. Uh, then they're starting to lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. Uh, well, they do an awful enough of that anyway. Oh, God, the Edmonton Oilers. I could write a fucking book about the Edmonton Oilers and their faux pas. What a mess they are and how much I hate them. But... On that note, because I was angry when I started this, then I calmed down a little bit, and now I'm starting to get a little heated again. Oilers, you suck. Get your shit together. Good God, Aaron. Trade that guy to a team where somebody could enjoy him besides you bunch of losers. They're wasting yet another first-round pick into the dirt. God. But on that note, that's it for me. From the Great White North. The Great White North. Thank you.
God, that's soothing to hear that. But anyway, that's it from me. That's it from Storm, who has been quite quiet during today's show, but is ready and to make them pick for tomorrow, so look for that. Uh, everybody stay safe. I don't know what your weather's like where you are, but up here in Canada, in the north, it's cold, nasty, icy, gross. So be safe. Take care of yourselves. Everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.